Are you an entrepreneur, influencer, or expert in your field? Did you know that speaking is one of the highest paying professions in the world? Download my free PDF checklist on how you can become a highly paid speaker. Go to jamieabbott.com forward slash speaker guide. Welcome to Perfect PR with Jamie Abbott. My guest today is Mr. Mark Kentwell, or MK to most of his industry peers, and I'm going to read out his bio because not only is it impressive, but I also helped write it. (laughs) That's why it's impressive. No, Must be then. (laughs) But look, you know, we do talk about writing an amazing standout bio that's SEO friendly, that's going to, you know, get you speaking gigs. So I will read it out. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen to this. Mark is an award-winning founder, thought leader, advisor, and entrepreneur specializing in real estate, property development, business systems, and property technology sectors. Now, Mark has started or helped build more than 20 Australian companies and trusts, with the majority reaching sector-leading positions and growth figures multiple times higher than industry benchmarks. Mark is co-founder of PRD Presence, a collection of leading real estate state businesses across Newcastle, Lake Macquarie and Central Coast. Mark was just 22 years of age when he commenced this business and has grown it to a vibrant and scaling eight-figure company. In 2020, this is where we read out all these awards, Mark was named Australian Principal of the Year for the third time in the real estate business, that's the REB Awards, as well as a finalist as Industry Thought Leader of the Year three times. In 2022, PRD Presence was named Australian Sales Business of the Year in the same REB Awards, and they're actually judged across all brands and networks. Mark has been recognised as a contributor to industry forums and white papers to influence government policy. He is a sought-after advisor amongst the community, media and real estate industry, as well as a regular keynote speaker nationally for his cutting-edge systems and consumer-centric approach. Mark was a keynote speaker to 5,000 paying delegates at ARIC, which is the Australian Real Estate Conference, and that's the largest conference of its type in the Southern Hemisphere. Mark is a member of the advisory board of PyLab Venture Partners and on the CEO council of PyLab's latest fund, PyLab Council Capital, alongside some of the country's best mentors, coaches, marketing experts, finance gurus and strategists. PyLab helps businesses with a turnover of $5 million to $75 million to grow. Other successful ventures include being co-founder of Henderson Advocacy, one of Australia's fastest growing buyers agencies servicing Sydney, Central Coast, Newcastle and Hunter regions and co-founder of video production company No Media. His latest groundbreaking industry venture is Real Business Engine, RBE, which essentially runs the entire operations of real estate businesses, allowing leading agents the benefits of owning a business while focusing on their strengths that lie in the client-facing sales parts of the role. He has his own particular leadership style that helps gear a business and its organisation structure around having each individual perform at their highest and best use, which is H 
A-A-B-U. That's the um, Habu. Habu, the acronym. <laughs> Love he, acronyms. He invented that one, meaning spending the majority of their time doing things that they are good at, things that they like and that make their heart sing. On a personal note, Mark loves his fitness, having created FitPit, and that's a free workout session run for the Newcastle and Lake Macquarie community before sunrise each morning by Newcastle Beach. You can see him up there around 5 a.m. or it's a certain time, isn't it? 5, 5 18. 5 18 every morning. And he's married to the beautiful Natalie. He's got two beautiful daughters, Zadie and Shella. And Mark lives in Newcastle, though is frequently in Melbourne and Sydney with property transactions, play and work. Mark, welcome to Perfect PR. <laughs> Thank you. That was a long podcast. I know. Oh, was that just the intro? <laughs> I, just, I just saved people from having to Google you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's funny because I didn't, I didn't end up with the music stuff in there. I must have answered that question. It's like such a big part of my life now I'm like it's too long already I can't put that in (laughs) look most people aren't going to read it out in its entirety but we are all about writing award-winning well standout bios on this show so Mm -hmm. I had to do that look before I get into some questions we talk a lot on this show about your ICA your ideal customer avatar and that's Mm -hmm. getting real clarity on someone who is either real fictitious a previous client a current client someone we'd like to work with and you know working out what they're into what their fears are and my ICA is actually you Mark Cantwell and I have to say well you just got me (laughs) I know and my avatar yeah well I have to say since I started writing all my content my blogs social media posts with you in mind my business sales have quadrupled Mm -hmm. so thank you for that my pleasure (laughs) thank you for helping me become or be the person that is worthy of being your avatar (laughs) (laughs) Your avatar, you're chasing. Well, they say if you try and market to everyone, you will market to none. So I had to get real clear and I base everything with a Mark Cantwell lens before I put uh, pen to paper. But one thing I do want to ask is uh, when I go through the sort of profile on you and we talk about fears – one of the fears I put down for you is that you, you've achieved so many things and you're always achieving when we just read them out, the awards, and you've sold record-breaking properties. You've had record-breaking sales in Newcastle and Lake Macquarie. One of those fears is that these achievements will go unnoticed. And, you know, do you want to talk about that? Have I got that right? Have I hit the mark? To a large extent, my, my fear would be that one of the companies that I have a substantial role in, like Chief Vision Officer is my role in most of the companies I get involved in, unless it's an advisory-only role. And I'm on a number of advisory boards, you know, mostly paid ones. And my fear would be that the company misses out as a result of that. And I, I think it's been uh, something that I've dealt with over the years. That if you, if you listen to the Tony Robbins framework as far as like human needs, he's not talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs with water, food, shelter. He's talking about like certainty, uncertainty, uh, significance, love and affection as the first four, which are very self-driven. And then there's growth and contribution. And there was a phase of my career where I think significance was important because I was 20, 22, you know, moving up through these ranks, whichever industry I was playing a part in. And most of the people were my seniors in experience and in years on the planet. And I think I, I felt that I needed significance in order to get into conversations where I could add value and, and participate or engage clients. And then I, I think I started seeing that um, with a bit of a kind of a distaste after a period of time when it seemed like a little bit plastic, the awards and the celebrating of revenue and the number of sales you personally make when I had already seen how to build those structures. But they, they kept getting acknowledged and I thought, I want to move on from that. I want to be involved in creating thought leadership, you know, influencing the whole industry in a positive way. And I sort of was almost wanting to leave some of that stuff behind. 
though it is very functional for a business to have a demonstrated track record of success. And if the leader happens to be the person or one of the key people that's creating that success and there's notable achievements, which are really milestones, checkpoints, validations for people when they go sort of away, do their what we call digital interview. Tom Panos talks about that a lot. A friend of mine, uh, an amazing real estate thought leader where you sort of, they, they meet you or your company and then they say, yeah, yeah, we might have an appointment someday. They don't book it on the spot. And then they go away and they look online. What do they see? What do they see on your website, what they see on your socials, what they see on YouTube, what they see when they Google your name. And if they don't see things that they feel validated that they're making a good decision, then that appointment doesn't go ahead. And, and you don't find out why. Oh, they were really busy or they were going away or the kid got sick. And it's like, that's a presenting problem. But you know, with the iceberg theory, there's an underlying reason. It might even be subconscious if they don't get the, uh, the validation from that or the comfort from that, that they're moving in the right direction. Even if you do go ahead with that appointment and you sort of force the issue, they're not listening to the advice in the same way. So my fear would be less about me missing out, more about the companies that I'm feeling a role in missing out. And, and that's where I, I suppose I really clicked into gear and you know got more meaningfully engaged in, in the work that you do because you know I've known you since we're on the Newcastle Hunter Junior Chamber Board together in 2005 and I remember like you I think you were doing PR for Westfield or something like that at the time <laughs> or you were certainly doing some engagements with them I remember how impeccable your dialogue was every time you came on I'm like this is a TV advertisement <laughs> just when we're having a chat so how have you been it was just perfect everything was perfect there was no ums and ahs so I did some training, did some media training, but I also realized that this has got to be a machine that keeps running. And, and what I've evolved it to is that it, it does have to happen if you, if you want to optimize success, but you can choose the tone of voice that it comes across in. So not everything has to be braggy. It could be, how does this tie back in to the ideal client avatar that our businesses have, even if there's multiple of those against the different work streams? How do they need to see or hear or, or, or perceive that message in order to keep moving towards working with our companies? And that can be done. And that's where the strategy part comes in before the implementation. Oh, there's so many things I could ask you from that alone, but just I'll pick up on one <laughs> thing. Have long enough. Oh, I, know. I could talk to you all day. I just want to grill your brain because I love to know how it works. But you, couple, you mentioned a couple of things there, such as PR tools or social media and people go and Google people. Mm -hmm. How much value do you place in PR and marketing You know, in order to seal the deals for not just the real estate business you're involved in but all these other businesses that you're helping mm -hmm. how much value do you place on the pr from the consumer's perspective and, and being able to close and get more sales it's an incredible there's incredible value in it like you know re really early in my career like i got coaches from day one like paid coaches from day one went through a lot of coaches not because i was burning them or whatever some of them sort of got to you know reason season lifetime they had their season or they, they had stuff that was kind of repackaged or whatever but I read some books as well, and I'm a slow reader because my mind is moving while I'm reading. But I'm, I'm great at audio. I can listen to audio <laughs> at 2.5 and, and really dive into it. And, and John McGrath had this book, you know, You Don't Have to Be Born Brilliant was one of them. And he's got a series of books, right? And one of those things he said is you're understanding the value of the media and harnessing that. And he was huge at that. He was iconic in the Sydney scene. He came out of a little office in Paddington, did some big deals, and he was always on speed dial with the people at the, you know, the main papers back then the papers were everything back then and then the tv was that sort of that even uh, more massive sort of visual aspect to that 
And, and I sort of looked at that and I thought, well, at the time, the paper was still big here and, and I got on to that. But getting the messaging right, you can have the relationship yourself, but getting that message out to lots of people at once is imperative. And, you know, when it comes to socials, it's like you don't even know who's on the other end of that receiving message that is going to be the next person that's going to exponentially grow that message out there to the ears and eyes that it needs to land on. So I, I think it's incredibly value and getting the messaging strategy right. It's funny. I've actually read that book. You don't yeah. have to be born brilliant and it's ironic because the value of media i actually remember he doesn't even listen to the news no. that's one of the things that he mm-hmm. talks about he just purposely i'm the same I, I don't listen to any news that's coming at me if i want to go looking for something i can most of the news if it's negative it's what's going overseas right now mm. if it's what's going on up at lisbon or whatever that'll come to me through my network and i can filter which people are speaking and if i the way that they're um responding the message to me is is relevant and if i can do something to affect that or if it's outside of my world of um things that i can contribute to it doesn't mean i don't empathize for the people in those situations i absolutely do i just donated to some supplies being taken up to lismore for example i've got a friend that i met with yesterday that's part of one of the consulates that they've set up in brisbane and you know they've set up refugee things he's been dealing with the immigration ministers on how to get a specific type of temporary visa now i've got a client relationship with them and i'm supporting him getting more clients which is allowing him to fund this so indirectly you can still help but i don't want that message coming at me when i'm supposed to be in control of my own energy which is then going to translate onto other things so personally i do not listen to that kind of mainstream side of it i I choose what's coming in to my sort of sphere oh that's really admirable because i'm sure it's a time waster as well just sitting down and watching tv when you could be achieving something else in your life well, for me, for me personally, you know, so I've do have, <laughs> that's how I want to be. But, you know, there's other people who are just making their, their purpose to go and figure out who they think is going to win the races on the weekend. And they spend, you know, days studying the form guide, then they go and put money on bets for horses. There's people who try and study who's going to win the next election and how that's going to affect them and what changes that's going to be. But to me, that's so many ripples down the pond. And it's like, well, what's going on in my own space in this time? What are the people that are actually engaged that I can directly affect right now or help them on their journey? And how exponentially different that is, plus the energy state, the mood state that you're in. It's like that, you know, control of energy is something I'm really uh, getting clearer on. There's a certain amount of kilojoules that I can put out per day. And if I could spend more time doing things that I'm in flow with, I'm more energized at the end of something I'm in flow with. I like this sort of stuff we're doing now. You know, I feel it's contributing. That's where I'm sitting in the world right now. Growth, contribution, depending on which sector we're talking about. Whereas, you know, if it's something I've really got to effort my way through, or I've got to study to try and figure out what the message is, and then it's sort of far from removed from me, I don't have control of that, then to me that's de-energizing. Speak up, be confident, discover your perfect public speaking self at jamieabbott.com. Now, speaking of being able to reach people and speaking of Instagram and Facebook, social media posts you put out there, when you, and you do a fair bit of stories, so you'll be at Fitbit working out, yeah. you might be supporting a local restaurant, you might be travelling, uh, you do those breathing exercises every morning. <laughs> You've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> every day. It's the Hoffman or something. Uh, Wim Hof, yeah. yeah. yeah life-changing. Um, <laughs> so when you put something out there on social media, do you have your own ideal customer avatar in mind? Are you thinking, who am I reaching? Or do you just put up whatever is in the moment at that time? Speaking about fears with this stuff, actually, this is a good place to start because um, the ICA for me has changed many times over the years because I've gone through a journey. I've, I left school before I got my HSC uh, certification because I could see that the, the engineering pathway I was heading down through the school system and university, it was too many years and, and I wasn't engaged enough to really optimize that journey. The education system wasn't quick enough for what the real life learnings I wanted to get. So I decided to 
take the other side of uh, like I had engineering and I had business. So all the things that I was sort of gifted at and I enjoyed at school. So business, economics, legal, and then the engineering and you know all the mechanical sort of stuff. I went into the mines. I got a dual trade and I went and did extra tickets. I got engineering diplomas and, and those sort of certifications. But I still, I, every time I did something to do with my bands that I was involved in and the band management, the event management, performing, I noticed that I could move a, a large crowd of people with how I did things rather than be in there and waiting for someone to die or retire so I could go up one rung in the ladder and, and in the meantime try not to breathe in too much stuff and get sick or you know hurt my knee or whatever so like when I got into real estate my thing was I, I needed to learn real estate I hadn't sold a house before I started the business I started the business I had done a development with my dad which we resold before it even started construction I had multiple properties I had shares I had cars I'd done well financially for a guy that was in his early 20s but I hadn't actually done real estate so I wanted to become a really good real estate agent and that was in residential commercial and projects so my avatar back then if there was social media in 0405 which there was and it was MySpace back then which I was really using for bands and maybe you know like you know girlfriends or whatever but <laughs> it, it was so different you know so I was really trying to communicate then that I was competent and that's where the significant stuff came from when I got to the stage where I was recruiting training others I was sharing everything on the way and lots of people were patting me on the back as I was coming but you can get, you get in front of them and it turns into a target and then things get thrown at it until they're missiles so <laughs> and start sort of I, I went through a lot of coaching like NLP and you know business coaching and I had some really great coaches and it'll take me half an hour to even acknowledge them all and I still have many of them personal friends people that we help each other out and the avatar has changed so I've gone from I'm a really great real estate agent you need a list with me or you know my team's fantastic we do a great job or our company's great we're good at real estate you know you should go with us to you should come and work for us to like I'm, I'm in the thought leadership space now I'm a creator so I'm an entrepreneur at heart and business is the sort of playground the ecosystem i'm involved in and and then within that world so if i was in science that'd be a different one if i was in you know building tech as a web developer that'd be a different one business like you know services professional services and the optimization of those that's a playground real estate's been the vehicles that i've been mostly known for driving but you know that that can now be translated across a lot of other things so my ica my ideal customer avatar there's multiples of them and this is where the fears come in when i was doing residential and i wanted to sort of get away from seven days a week in lounge rooms on the phone till 11 p.m every night you know like working emails on my own whatever it was that i was doing as i got rid of stuff that was non-dollar productive i got more dollar productive work and i just kept becoming more and more and more of a real estate agent higher volume more known and i was worried that when I got into projects, developers don't really want someone selling houses on the weekend. They want someone who's got a hand on their $150 million project or $750 million project. And it was a way that competitors would stop us getting project work. So I was like, I better not communicate that I'm really good at real estate, but then I'm how do the owners of the houses know? And I got some good advice along the way that like, especially as organic became less of a thing and you know, the paid media became more of a thing, not only organic doesn't work, it still absolutely works. And you can get a really deep integration where, and engagement from the people on the other end is that like, the amount of time they're actually looking and reading and seeing what you're really doing, like the amount of times they watch a video all the way through, like is really limited. If it even turns up on their feed. So it was like, if it, as long as it's in the broader ecosystem, what you're talking about and you're happy with the way it's coming across and it does emanate what you are. And I sort of evolved this a bit about be, do, have, like, how do I want to show up? How, how am I being day to day? Because then I'll be doing those things and I'll have any definition of success. So that's been defined by is you put it all out there if it's related to those ICAs. So for me, my, my ICAs right now to do with the real estate businesses are 
people that are in a real estate business that they can't see a pathway forward to becoming the owner, becoming a partner, becoming a satellite owner, becoming like the world's best of real estate agent if that's important to them or having a better life balance, having more tech, more sophistication. And they're like, what do I do? And then they sort of just jump into the franchise that's been ringing them the most, making them feel the best, giving them the best deal on marketing or whatever. And they end up in a situation they're locked into and there's, there's no real way out of it. And they're just working harder and having more risk. So like I'm, I'm looking at real estate agents now that want to become business owners without doing all that, like you're describing the buyer. But then there's also the tech side. And the tech side for me, I'm, I'm investing like on almost quarterly basis. I'm being offered to participate in something new, either on an advisory level or put some money into something that I can have an influence on growing, like Tim Ferriss talks about, if I can add gasoline to the fire, like he says. And and that there, I, to get that invitation, I need to be speaking in thought leadership forums and, and getting involved with other people that we're moving in industry as a whole, whether it's offices, whether it's back of house services, whether it's recruiting agents, or still showing the public that, you know, I'm involved in the absolute elite end of the sales spectrum uh, in our region so that they contact us and say, so how would you do this? And I'm not worried about competitors saying, oh, you're not going to get Mark because they will get me. They'll get the interaction with me and then they'll figure out that I'm here for the strategy and the program and giving them advice on what to do. And then my implementation team who are actually as good or better than any of the track record agents that are saying you won't get Mark out there. <laughs> and, and they've met them and they've dealt with them and they know that they're absolute weapons and I've proven it time and time again. Mm. So like they're seeing what we're doing as a whole and I just get so much joy out of seeing agents that have been in the game five years and under working in our firm and doing like 10x what these 15, 20 year veterans that are naysayers are in the marketplace. And I don't have any like disrespect for them or I'm not poo-hooing them or bagging them out. I, I just think it's so much easier to get better at what you're doing and move along with it rather than spend your time trying to, you know, instead of instead of trying to build the tallest building, they're trying to shoot someone else's down. Mm. And, and I just get so much joy at seeing people coming and they embrace the systems we've got, they're being their full self. So when you're on the social media or when you're a PR, messaging I, I have multiple ICAs depending on which role I'm serving I'm changing a lot of channels but I'm putting it all out there and, and I've even just realized in recent times I, I probably need to put the foot down on the gas pedal a little bit more so like this is why I'm contacting you more often hey I've got a different bio for a different thing can you um, tweak it a little bit because to focus more on this than that if you're somebody who is looking to scale and you're looking for software that can help you generate more income in your business look no further than Kajabi it's an all-in-one platform with products, websites, landing pages, payments, analytics, marketing automation, email, communities, and more. It all just works. You can create courses, coaching programs, membership sites, podcasts, newsletters, and bundles. Enjoy multiple income streams. Get a free 14-day trial at jamieabbott.com forward slash Kajabi. You've mentioned a few names so far. So yeah. Tom Panos and Tim Ferriss and John McGrath and I think Tony Robbins at the start. Do you still invest in coaches yourself and mentors? And yeah. how much do you sort of read books about these people? How much value do you place on these amazing Constantly. people in life? I, I would have minimum 10 coaches at any given time engaged on on retainers like that are recurring. So minimum, minimum 10 across the businesses. I, I'm deep diving with five of them. Dr. Fred Gross, who coached on McGrath for many years and, and still does engage with him. He's know. in Melbourne. Isn't uh, he? Well, he's, he, New Zealand, Phoenix, Arizona, and he travels around the, the world. He's got kind of five or six 
places that he calls home and and he works all around most of it's on zoom now that hasn't heard him he's 84 years of age he's lived 100 lives and he's an amazing guy he's my like red team check on you know how i what i'm going to focus my time on and my energy and whether it's worth it and to look for things to look out for and 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 things like that and originally it was a good access to a new network jeff diawet i just came off a, a coaching thing with him and he's very much a he's a guy that sort of grew a business to sort of 50 million turnover and you know had everything in front of him and he sort of blew it up by just getting caught up with what a lot of other people do celebrating it instead of continuing to do it it wasn't moving him he'd gotten the the money and the success but he just blew it all up so now he's gone you know five years he's not out whining and dining and, and recklessly partying anymore he's he's a lot more present he only deals with people he wants to deal with people like tom panos i'm, I'm, I'm a, like an industry peer with him he's 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 here when it comes to what he's doing and i really appreciate what he's done for me he he, he put me in front of john mcgrath to speak at arik and i've been on his show a number of times and there's a lot of people in that in that world of lee woodward real estate um, Michael Sheargold, real estate, Charles Bainey, real estate. Like, that, that's just a handful. I've, I've got training, I've got breath coaches. They're everywhere. I've got yourself, right? So I, I'm a massive believer in it, not only because I can get an ROI off it, because I, I want to optimize my life. And, and if, if part of my life can be optimized because of their, you know, no, narrow and deep vertical, then uh, and I add all those elements up together, it's like a 10x effect. And so you could probably retire now. <laughs> so why do you I keep could, going? What's yeah. your ultimate goal? Yeah, I could definitely retire now. So like I, uh, the good thing is I'm working, I'm doing things that I want to do. Like absolutely, I'm doing things that I want to do. So I, I keep coming back to, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with a firm belief, and this is, this is part of my contribution, to, I think, to the world, not just to business, is that from the moment you wake up to the moment you go asleep, that's being alive. And if we look at it in the Western world in particular, but even on the plains of the Sahara or, you know, in the, in the Amazon, for, for millions of years, however long humans have been alive, hundreds of thousands of years, they're working as well, right? Work and life are the same thing, okay? People talk about work-life balance. It is actually just life. They're choosing to do work. They're choosing to not work. They're choosing to be in a career. They're choosing not to be in a career. And, it, and, and I know there's circumstances and things change and all that sort of stuff. We, we don't even have the two hours required to talk about wherever you are in life, you can ascend. But I, I'm of the belief that you can enjoy your experience from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. And if not, you do something about that. So like for me to, to live that, to be the role model and to show other people it's possible, I keep looking at flow, flow state, what makes my heart sing. I'm, I'm in the middle of writing a book at the moment called The Flow Quadrant, which is really going to help a lot of organizational structure and organizational psychology, but also help people figuring out their career choices and, and what they're, whether they're doing what they do, they love doing, and whether it's a value to them. So things you won't do, things you're willing to do, things you like to do, things you love to do. And that love to do thing, if it's a value financially, if it's value to your organization, and if you feel good as a result of doing it, then you can be doing that and vibrate at a higher frequency and you can delegate everything else out with good structure, system, strategy, finance, workflow. So like for me, I'm, I'm designing the life around that. And I've got like 10 or 12 personal objectives that I'm moving ahead this year. And there's like three work priorities. So the personal ones involve stuff to do with the kids, to do with motor racing, to do with learning to speak French and to do with making music. Like I'm in the middle of making songs again with a band that I paused in 2007, 2008. We played Groove in the Moo. We did a bit of a festival circuit. We went and played Perisher and Strike Back. And, and then I just said, look guys, I'm running business this isn't working for me you guys keep going keep the name keep the tracks they went on and then they sort of paused a little bit as well around maybe 17 18 and uh, I contacted them again during COVID and I said hey do you want to jam again I've been invited to do it like a private show took a while to get that going because of the, the the COVID thing but 
we're making amazing tracks now and I'm just pouring so much into it. My kids are seeing that as well. So, you know, there's all these personal things I've got now and to create space for those, I want the, the, the work that I'm doing to be so meaningful that I don't feel like it's work and there's a very high financial return. It's sticky recurring revenue that doesn't depend on me doing it day in, day out. So I'm not reacting all the time. I'm, not, I'm playing chess, not checkers. Right. So, and I want to show that. And, you know, whether people take the message up is, is up to them. But uh, I, I do believe that's, you know, part of my sort of purpose here. And I'm living that out. I love that. And it's so admirable. Look, I've got one final question. And you've talked about your ability to move people. And I've seen you in a room, whether it's a charity auction or as a keynote speaker talking about business, real estate. And you've obviously been asked to speak at things like ARIC in front of 5,000 paying delegates. What value do you place on speaking gigs as far as your goals and your ability to move people, as you have described? Yeah, high value, very high value. Like value beyond measure. I think there's phases and I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with this in real time, but I think there's phases at first when you're learning speaking gigs, it's getting the training right now, your course that I did of all the public speaking courses I've done, and I've done some great ones. Matt Church does an amazing one as well. It's a real program, but yours is so intimate, the measure, the test of measure, the video on your face with media <laughs> stuff and then critiquing it and then having peer groups and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations rather than just getting trained and then hoping you're going to go away and do it. That was a very groundbreaking course for me. And I remember I had some big engagements coming up and I wanted to do that. And some of them were involving journos that we didn't know what their angle was. And they ended up being very positive. Mm, but I, I remember that some big one in the Newcastle Herald. Yeah, it was, it was like yeah. double page, yes. you know, head of page two, which at yeah. the time I thought was going down the back somewhere. So that, that's when people read the paper so much more. <laughs> <laughs> I was the end of it, you know, but I, I placed a lot on that. So the first phase is doing more of it. So, you know, things like B&I that I did from 2005 to like 2019 when I handed the reins to someone else like that was about getting up every week having a message you had to get into 60 seconds having a structure to work to so it was it was a forced learning the elevator pitch yeah the elevator pitch so got you clear is who is my customer if they were saying it for me and i wasn't there to actually do the sale on the spot i'd influence the people to go with me what would i need to say so they heard that message so it gets you clearer on how to say things when they go out and the discipline is a huge thing in learning discipline outlasts motivation the regularity of it going to the gym and doing one rep is better than not going and doing a big day next day you, you give you consistency and that's what makes the difference so there's the learning phase the growing phase the understanding that's still in the message phase and then there is the public speaking to audiences that matter in front of you and the people that they're going to be talking to that matter to you so I, I think it's like you know getting out getting out of that comfort zone and it can't feel like work every time but if the purpose is meaningful and you can plan it in advance what you'll speak at and what you'll say yes to when it comes I, I believe you want to get to the point where you're getting offered way more speaking gigs than you say yes to. So, like, you know, ideally, like, if you look at, like, Apple computers, for example, as described by Vern Harnish when he's talking about them and Simon Sonic talks about, they, they hire about 5% of the people that come their way that are superly qualified for the role. Yeah, and it's not because they they don't have a, uh, enough jobs. They do. They just want the one that is exactly the one. It's like, hell yes. And, and it's like that with speaking gigs. Like I have a matrix of how I assess it. I, I say no to 19 out of 20 because like it's, it's not that the gig anymore is the practice that I need. I've got to think about is that audience relevant to me? Is getting the new outfit and getting traveled there and getting a nice accommodation? I don't care if they pay for it or not. I can pay for my own accommodation. I'll take it. But that's not the reason I'm going. I'm not going for the free alternate drop meal, right? <laughs> yeah. I love that, by the way. <laughs> Am I sitting next to the oh, – you love the meal? Or yeah, you? I love the meal. Yeah, I don't I, mind I'm it. I'm but, but, you know, like 
so other people I'm sitting with all night engaging like is it worth the time away from my family or whatever else I was moving on most of that stuff might have been personal stuff so I think that you can help people like you know this is a plug for you but it's in real time and I'd say it to anyone you can help people get their message right you can help people figure out who their ICA is and then when they've got it right it, it starts to flow to you to the point you're like what do I do about this and you can then make you can make decisions about how to scale that message and whether you need to do it all like Ryan Houston the other night I got contacted by the media about going on and speaking about the market I thought he's the guy House Hunters International I've done that two or three times and they came and they said look we want you again we're coming to Australia we're coming to your part of the world but specifically you've been one of our favourite you know Australian hosts or whatever and I'm like I've got a guy Ryan Houston you've got to see him they're like oh this is going to have to go back to the like chief editor and I'm like put him through the paces have a look at him he's good looking he's practised public speaking training he's got a great <laughs> message he's so into this and they put him on and he killed it and yeah, it's like now I'm scaling what was my message and I'm getting a kick out of that and it's still in some way serving me but it's serving the businesses and now I can choose who my audience is so the answer is yes it's very valuable <laughs> look thank you so much for coming on I could seriously talk to you all day but I know you what you've shared today has been so valuable to so many business people listening to this all our listeners thank you so much Mark Cantwell I can't wait to see what you come up with and what more results you achieve just in 2022 alone well, uh, the journey gives means to the destination. Uh, so you don't have to wait. You can just observe and share. And, you know, no, thank you. Thank you for uh, the part you've played in it and continue to play. Uh, thanks for getting this great message out there. Uh, and thanks for creating the space to uh, go narrow and go deep on a couple of key points. You're on the way to Perfect PR. Help us perfect our podcast and rate and review it wherever you listen. Perfect PR with Jamie Abbott.